And we are back. Welcome back to the Deep Press Cincinnati Sports Fan Podcast. I am Jesse Mapati. To all my loyal listeners, I know it's been a while. The last podcast I did was in mid February. I was recapping the Bengals Super Bowl loss to the Los Angeles Rams. Fuck that game. And since then, Life just happens. And I know people have been saying, yo, Jesse, that podcast, when the podcast is going to come out, hey, man, episode of the podcast. I know. I apologize. We're literally two months late into doing a brand new podcast. So I apologize to my fans out there and to the new listeners. Welcome to this podcast, okay? I'm going to have a little bit of time myself now. So now we're going to be consistent. This podcast is going to be back. It's going to be back better than ever. God damn it. So we got lots of things to cover. Since the last podcast, what has happened in the sports world? Well, March Madness, Kansas Jayhawks won the national title. Boring. Cincinnati Reds, baseball season. We'll talk about that later. The NFL draft just happened last weekend. You see basketball getting some recruits. You see football just had their spring game about a month ago. So we got lots to cover. And then NBA playoffs is happening. Hockey playoffs happening as well, so we got lots to dive in. But first, let's talk about the NFL draft. It was last weekend in Las Vegas, and the Bengals were picking number 31. Usually, the Cincinnati Bengals will be picking around the top 10 in recent history. But it was just so weird to have the Cincinnati Bengals picking second to last in the first round of the NFL draft. Like, I waited till 11.25. Like, I was, like, falling asleep. I'm like, let's go. Like, you would think the teams that do some scouting on the players they want to, you know, pick in the draft. You would, And then usually they have the on-the-clock screen for the NFL draft. You know, on the bottom right-hand corner, you have to use all that five minutes. Like, you don't know. I know players, some players that you, that you had in your notes that you wanted to get. They're already drafted. I get it. But it's like you should have a plan B, plan C, plan D. So sometimes the draft process, especially in the first round, it takes forever. Like the Jacksonville Jaguars had a number one pick, and they picked that defensive end out of Georgia, which was very shockingly. And it's like they used all that clock. And I'm thinking to myself, you guys had literally months in advance to know who you're going to pick as the number one pick. So I don't know. NFL draft in the first round literally takes until midnight to complete. So the Bengals, with their 31st pick, they selected Daxton Hill, defensive back out of Michigan. Now, a lot of Bengals fans, I was on Twitter. Bengals fans are funny on Twitter. Ever since the Bengals got good, it's like they'll judge the Bengals off a of signing. And it's now in this, now a draft pick. They're like, Man, we still got to beef up the offensive line. I'm like, do you realize the Bengals signed three new offensive linemen? Oh, yeah, by the way, since the last podcast, we didn't talk about the Bengals signing three new offensive linemen to finally protect number nine. So that's great. Joe Burrow finally is going to have protection. He's not going to get sacked 72 times total like he did last year. You count 50 in the regular season at 12 in the fucking playoffs. Wait a minute. You mean he got sacked 19 times in the postseason, so that's 50, 50 plus 19. See, math is not right with me, so that's 79 sacks total in 2021. Good Lord. So finally, Joe Burrow is going to get protection for the first time in his career. I know this is going to be year three for him, but finally, he's going to get protection. 
Thank goodness. But anyways, back to the Bengals' first-round pick. Daxon Hill out of Michigan. Look, when they announced that pick at 11.25 at night, number one, I was sleepy. Number two, I was tired. And number three, I was just like, okay, all right, this guy is a defensive back. He can play safety. He can play cornerback. The next day, in the morning, I looked up Daxon Hill highlights on YouTube. This guy, even though he's very lengthy, he's about 198 pounds, this guy can hit. And this guy is fearless. And he can, whew. Some of the highlights he makes, I was just like, whoa. This guy is definitely a Bengal. He plays physical. His awareness is so good. He's fast. And he just has a chip on his shoulder. And Michigan had a great defense last year. I know they got smacked... In the college football playoff against Georgia. But Michigan had a great season. Okay, They finally beat Ohio State for the first time since 1931. So and their defense was great. So Daxon Hill was the leader of that defense. Well, Aiden Hutchinson was. I mean, he got drafted to Detroit with number two overall pick. But it was Hutchinson and Hill leading the Michigan defense. So I like the pick. And a lot of experts, I put quotes on experts because I don't really... No one's an expert, especially in the sports media world. Like, I don't trust anybody's word. Some I do. But according to the people, the draft pundits, they said that this is a steal. The Cincinnati Bengals got a steal. You're talking about the AFC champions got a steal in Daxon Hill? Yo, I'll take it. A lot of great reviews on this pick, so I'm happy about it. People are saying, whoa, this guy actually played safety in college. So that means... Jesse Bates, who the Bengals have not signed yet, who I want them to sign to a long-term deal, but Jesse agent, but Jesse Bates' agent is he's he's fooling himself. Let's just say that. I know Bates wants to stay here in Cincinnati. He's the reason why the Bengals made it to the Super Bowl last year in defense. Okay. To the people, before we you know dive in more into the draft for the Bengals, Jesse Bates, okay. In the wild card game against the Raiders, okay. The Las Vegas Raiders. He made that play on Hunter Renfro where Hunter Renfro looked like he caught the ball, got the first down, and then Bates deflected the ball out of his hands. Okay? In a divisional round against the Tennessee Titans, the first play of the game, the first offensive play of the game, Ryan Tannehill drops back to pass, play action pass. <laughs> Bates read that so easily, intercepts the ball. And then AFC title game against the Chiefs, third down and 10, overtime, Patrick Mahomes goes deep to his former teammate Tyreek Hill. Bates batted the ball down, and then Von Bell picks it off. In a Super Bowl, Jesse Bates intercepted Matthew Stafford. So, Jesse Bates was defensive MVP in the Bengals Super Bowl run last year. So, don't say that. I know he can be inconsistent in his time, but boy, was he clutching the playoffs. And he's a solid safety. Solid safety. So, I really hope the Bengals really do sign him. I really do. So, I think a lot of people said that when we got when we drafted Daxon Hill with the first round pick, it's like, oh shit, that means that Jesse Bates, this could be his last season. But I'm just like, you know what? Let's just see how we'll just see how the months go by, okay? Training camp just don't don't start till the middle of July. So we'll we'll see about that. So Daxon Hill, great pick. And I think he's gonna be part of the Bengals future. All right, round two. The Bengals got the sixtieth pick. And they selected Cam Taylor Britt, defensive back out of Nebraska. Oh, this guy's good. 
I've heard about Tan- Taylor Taylor Britt because he people were saying that he could have been like a first round pick. He has first round pick talent, but he fell to the second round. And people are saying this was another steal for the Bengals. So I like how the Bengals are drafting defense with their first two picks. Athleticism, speed. Cam Taylor Brick can hit. He has great hands. If you check out his combine on YouTube, he had one hell of a combine, one of the best combines. I like it. I like it. Check out his highlights because he's really good. And Daxon Hill, obviously. Round three. The Bengals selected Zach Carter, defensive line out of Florida with the 95th pick. I think a lot of people are saying, well, why D-line? Well, listen, Trey Henderson had a great year last year, 14 and a half sacks. But the Bengals need another pass rusher alongside with Trey. So this pick, I'm, I'm okay with this pick. Carter did lead one that he was one of the leaders in the SEC in sacks this year, this past season. So... I like the pick. I like the pick. Round four. So after these, the first three picks, I was thinking, all right, the Bengals need to get a tight end. They need to get maybe one more offensive lineman for depth for Joe Burrow. So the Bengals went the O-line route in round four with their 136 pick. They selected Cordell Volson, offensive lineman out of North Dakota State. People are saying... Who's this guy? I said the same thing, too. I'm like, all right. So I did some research on him. Went on YouTube for his highlights. This guy plays with an edge. Glass eater. As off-the-line coach Frank Parler liked to say. Glass eater. He plays with an edge. He plays mean. He likes to hit people. And Joe Burrow needs that type of person, you know, protecting him. So the pick was, in my opinion, I'm like, okay. It's not a bad pick. I wish the Bengals would have got like a tight end or a receiver, but I like this pick, especially in the fourth round. Now, round five, okay, I'm like, all right, find a receiver. There was receivers available during on this pick for the Bengals with the 166 pick. I was thinking Justin Ross out of Clemson. He's been hurt. That's why he was his value was dropping. I'm thinking this would have would have been a perfect spot for the Bengals to draft him or a tight end. But the Bengals went the defensive back route again. They drafted Tyson Anderson, defensive back out of Toledo. I'm like, okay, more depth on the defensive back field. But I'm like, we already drafted Hill and Taylor Britt. Anderson does have great leadership quality, which the Bengals do have as a team. So... I get it. I get the pick when it comes to that. So I'm like, all right, meh. I'm meh on that pick. Last pick of the NFL draft for the Bengals, round seven. With the 252nd pick, the Bengals selected Jeff Gunter, defensive line out of Coastal Carolina. I'm okay with it. It's like we need... I know we need more pass rushers, but we already selected Carter out of Florida with the 95th pick in the third round. And also, I believe the Bengals did have a a pick in the round six, which I did not write that down. So, my bad. So, if you guys want to check out who the Bengals drafted with their round six pick, go ahead. Because the dumbass in me forgot to write that down. But, 
the last pick of the draft, Gunter, out of Coastal Carolina. Okay. More death. Got it. Get you. Okay. Cool, cool, cool. Actually, never mind. Wait a minute. Actually, never mind. This is actually, yeah, the Bengals, this is it. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm not a dumbass. This is, yeah. One, two, three, four, five, six. Yeah, the Bengals had six picks, so they didn't have a pick in the sixth round. So, okay. I'm not a dumbass after all. All right. Cool, cool, cool. But Gunter out of East Coastal Carolina. Okay. It's, I wish the Bengals would have drafted a receiver, tight end. I know they drafted a couple of receivers after the draft with the undrafted players getting picked. So, okay. I get it. I get it. You want more depth on the defensive line? Sure. Wish they would have gotten a receiver, but they did draft, like I said, they did draft a receiver at an undrafted class. All right. So, my take. Best pick, I believe, was Cam Taylor Britt out of Nebraska. I think he's going to be really good. Obviously, I think Daxon Hill is going to be good for us, but I think Taylor Britt was that was a solid pick. The Bengals moved up to get that pick, to get him. When's the last time the Bengals moved up in the draft to get a player like that? That means the it's just things are different in Cincinnati when it comes to the Bengals, and I love it. Immediate impact. I think Daxon Hill is going to make an immediate impact for the Bengals. The risky pick. I think it's Anderson out of Toledo. I just wish the Bengals would have went a different route, but that's a risky pick, so we'll see how it goes when it comes to Anderson. The AFC North as a whole in the draft, I say the Ravens. I hate the Ravens so much, but they had the best draft in the division. They might have the best draft overall in the NFL. Them and the, them and the Jets. So I'll go for me Ravens, then the Bengals, Steelers, and then the Browns. And overall grade, I give the Bengals in the NFL draft. I'll give them a, a solid B, B minus. Like, it was not a bad draft. Like, people will say, like, well, they need to get more alignment. Well, they should have got receivers or get a tight end. Yeah, I, I, I agree, but it's like they had a solid draft. And their defensive the defensive backfield is fast, athletic. It's mm, defensive coordinator Lou Amarumo. He he fell in love. I know that he loved those first two picks. So solid B, solid B minus for the Bengals draft. Also, the Cincinnati Bearcats football team. Nine players got selected in the NFL draft from the Bearcats. Round of applause for Luke Fickle. When Luke Fickle, in his first introduction presser as a Bearcats head football coach, he said that he wanted this program to be a top 10 program. He said after last year, they're not there yet, even though they were the first ever non-G5 school to make the class football playoff. He's almost there. This program is it's it's at least a top 15 program. He wants top 10. The Bearcats are at least a top 15 program right now. Nine players selected in the NFL draft from Cincinnati, the University of Cincinnati Bearcats. That's amazing. Like, it gave me chills. Like, I actually got, I low-key got emotional when I saw another Bearcat get drafted. I see, an, an, I see a name, Cincinnati Bearcats. It's just so great. The foundation and the culture that Luke Fickle's building in Clifton is just amazing. So, here are the Bearcats that got selected in the draft this year. Ahmad Sauce Gardner went fourth overall to the New York Jets. I think that's a perfect fit for that for that man. 
Jets are going to love him. Their fans are going to love him. I think Sauce is going to be a solid NFL pro. Brian Cook. Safety. Went to the Kansas City Chiefs. 60, 60, the 62nd overall pick. Which I was like, wow, Cook? I thought either Dez or Kobe Bryant was going to get the well, going to be number two when it comes to Sauce, then Dez, or Kobe. But I didn't, I didn't think Brian Cook was going to get picked number two out of all, out of, out of all the Bearcats that were going to get picked. So good for Brian Cook. I hate that he's going to the Chiefs, but I'm happy for him that he got selected. And then Desmond Ritter went to the Falcons with the 74th pick. Oh, man. Do you know the Bengals do play the Falcons this year in Cincinnati? And I know that Desmond Ritter will be competing for the starting job with Marcus Mariota. I think towards the middle of the season, Des will start. And we'll see how the schedule winds up because I think the NFL schedule release is next Thursday. Bengals and Falcons play each other in Cincinnati. So Desmond Ritter could be starting at quarterback for the Falcons. What a homecoming. Coming back, to, coming back to Cincinnati to play against the Bengals in your rookie year and you're the starting quarterback of the Atlanta Falcons. That's. I wish that's nothing but the best, but I hope that if he does play and start in that game, I hope that he plays well. But I want the Bengals to win, obviously. So good for that. I think that he will start this year at some point for the Falcons. Defensive end Majay Sanders. 100th overall today was on a car notes. Good for Maje. I think that's a good fit for him. Alec Pierce, receiver, 53rd overall to the Indianapolis Colts. So he goes from Cincinnati to Indy. So not a not a bad not a bad um, transition. Not a far. It's a quick drive. Good for Alec. I think that's a great situation for him. Matt Ryan is not a quarterback for. Indianapolis Colts, so that's just a perfect fit for Pierce. So he's set there. And then we got Kobe Bryant, cornerback. He went to the Seahawks with the 109th overall pick. Good for Kobe. Perfect situation as well for him. Jerome Ford, running back, went to the Browns with the 156th overall pick. Good for Jerome. Curtis Curtis Brooks, defensive tackle. I wish that Brooks... I wish that he... I wanted the Bengals to get Curtis Brooks because he fits the Bengals, just the system and their defensive line. And I think that would have been a perfect fit, but he's going to Colts too. So he remains teammates with Pierce. So Brooks was picked with the 216th pick overall. And then the last Bearcat to be selected in NFL draft, Darian Beavers, linebacker. He is going to the New York Giants. 182 second overall pick. Did I just say that wrong? 180 second pick overall. Man, it's been a while since I've done a podcast, so my words are a little bit blah, 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 so I apologize. But good for these players. Nine Bearcats players selected. Oh yeah, Brooks was the last pick for the Bearcats when it comes to the NFL draft. So Sauce, Cook, Dez, Maje, Alec, Kobe, Jerome, Curtis, Darian. Round of applause. So happy for them. So happy for the trajectory of the Cincinnati Bearcats football program. And like I said, Luke Fickle is the man. And I'm glad that he's staying put 
for a while. Alright, I think some of my friends were telling me that they were looking forward to hearing about my Cincinnati Reds rant, okay? You know the Reds, the first ever professional Major League Baseball team, you know? A baseball a baseball town, you know, Cincinnati, Ohio. Okay. The Cincinnati Reds currently, okay, right now, as I do this podcast, they are playing the Milwaukee Brewers. The Reds record sit at 3-21. and 21. Worst start in franchise history. Let's have a moment to sign up for this. Goodness gracious. Wow. I, I'm i actually speechless. It's actually really sad seeing this proud franchise that is the Cincinnati Reds. The way it is right now. The way it's run right now. What a shit show. And... I, Throughout this podcast, in the past, I've talked about the Reds owner, Bob Castellini. We haven't talked about his son, you know, Phil Castellini, the president, you know. He made these comments on opening day, you know, the national holiday in the city. This guy, he went on 700 WW, I believe it was at the Holy Grail. Talk to Mo Egger, who hosts ESPN 1530. And this was a quote, oh, I'm sorry, the comments he made about how frustrated Reds fans have been when it comes to the Reds offseason and the way they were operating this offseason and the players they traded and feeling like the direction of this organization is going absolutely nowhere. I'm going to read this transcript, okay? And I'm going to pause in between and just give me my thoughts, okay? Because I haven't really went on a rant before. It's been a while when it comes to the Cincinnati Reds. But it's needed because I am a Reds fan. I've been a Reds fan pretty much all my life. And I just hate the way this team is being run right now. It's a sorry-ass team right now because of the ownership, okay? So Phil Castellini, you know, he's, you know, previously has beaten his wife. So I'm um, just saying it's just true. And if I do get in trouble by this, I don't give a fuck. I don't. Because they don't care about us. So, you know, I'm going to put your personal business out there. I don't give a fuck. Anyways, let's go to his comments. <clears throat> this is Phil Castellini and I quote. Well, where are you going to go? Let's start there. I mean, sell the team to who? I mean... You want to have this debate? If you want to look at what will you have this team to do, have it be more profitable, make more money, compete more in the current economic system that this game exists, it would be to pick it up and move it somewhere else. Let me pause there. Where we're going to go? We ain't going to Great American Ballpark. If I do go to a Reds game this year, I'm supporting the team. But fuck, I don't want to give my money to the ownership. Where we're going to go, we're going to go to Paul Brown Stadium. Where we're going to go, we're going to go to Nipper Stadium. 
Where we're going to go? We're going to go to T-Crow Stadium. Where we're going to go? We're going to go to Petito Arena. Then again, baseball season doesn't happen during the winter time. But I'm just saying. Where we're going to go? We're not going to Sinstar Centers. Fuck that. Where we're going to go? We're going to go to Florence to see their team play. Where we're going to go? Might go to Dayton to see the Dragons play. Where we're going to go? Might go to see the Bats play. Louisville Bats. The Triple A team. Selling the team to who? Anyone but you? Are you kidding me right now? Are you serious? Wow. Wow. Okay. Let's keep going. Phil said, And so be careful what you ask for. I think we're doing the best we can do with the resources that we have. What? Huh? You're doing the best? You guys are doing the best you can with the resources that you have? Are you kidding me? So, you didn't even talk to Nick Castellanos, who's now a Philadelphia Philly. And he went on a show and said that the Reds didn't even contact him about even resigning with them. Really? You trade away Jesse Winker, who, by the way, had a career year last year. He was the right fielder starter in the All-Star game. You trade away Sonny Gray. I didn't really care about trading Suarez, but right now on this team, he would have been a a nice bat, even though he's very inconsistent. He hits for low average, but time for time, he'll hit a home run here and there. You're doing best with the resources that you have. Really? Really, Phil? You really believe your own shit? You believe that? Do you really? Really? Okay. All right. Okay. Trying to align with their resources, right? (laughs) Oh, God. Okay, let's continue this, all right? This is Phil, okay? And I quote, We're no more pleased with the results than the fans. Let me stop there. Really? You... So if you're not pleased with it, then do something about it. Do something about it. You you guys knew this was going to happen. Bob, Nick, Phil, you knew this was going to happen. You did. You did. Come on now. Stop lying. Stop lying to us. Stop lying to us. Let me continue. I'm not sitting here saying that anybody should be happy. We're depressed, okay, Phil? I'm not sitting here polishing any trophies in the office right now. Hell nah. What? Do we have an NL Central Division Championship trophy? Fuck out of here. And that's what we were here to do. But the bottom line is, I do think we've had to shift the discipline. We've tried a lot of things that didn't work. They came to this close to working and didn't. Nobody's got to tell me that they didn't work. So I think we've learned from those things. Trust me, Nick Crawl is a guy on a mission. Let's have a second moment of silence for that just that trash ass transcript that I just read. When the Reds were had a presser to announce who was going to be the Grand Marshal in the Finley Market opening day parade, Phil obviously talked. He said that 
Have a little faith. Have a little faith. Faith in what? Are you kidding me right now? Seriously? With the team that you have aligned to start this year. Yes, the Reds have had multiple injuries. John Deninia, their their rookie of the year last year, has been in the aisle twice. He's already in the aisle right now with a hamstring in his industry. with a hamstring injury. Tyler Stevenson, their starting catcher, has been in the aisle for about two weeks with a concussion. Jerry Vado has COVID. Nixon Zell's been in the aisle twice. Jose Barrera is still on IL. Nick Lodolo's on IL. Luis Castillo is slowly coming back, but he was on IL. He's still on IL. Talent Naquin got sick. Max Schrock's on IL. I get it. The Reds have had a lot of players hurt or sick because of COVID. But at the same time, it does not take away how bad this organization is run. And Reds fans, Reds country, we don't deserve this shit at all. We don't. Every time I look on my phone, I go on the ESPN app, I'm just, I'm waiting for a notification to see Reds humiliated, Reds lose again, Reds get smacked. Last night, I was watching a Reds game against the Brewers. Don't ask why. The Reds were down 7-3. to three. I'm like, okay, they're going to lose. Turn off the TV. I wake up this morning. The Reds lose 18 to 4. 18 to 4. So I, we don't like this, okay? The Reds, this is like Reds is a proud baseball franchise. But the way it's being run right now. It's truly, truly pathetic. It's depressing. It's unconstitutional. It's, it's, it's blasphemous. It's all those things Stephen A. Smith would say in his big-ass words, in his big-ass encyclopedia of words. It's just, it's terrible right now. It's really bad. And I love going to Reds games during the summertime. I'm not going this year. And I don't know, I don't want to do that to the players, but it's like I feel so bad for the players. I really do. It's not like they're not trying. They are trying, but they're just the Reds are not good. You can blame the ownership for not putting together a good fielding product on the field. You know? The Reds only have three wins right now, okay? Currently. Okay, they're playing the Brewers right now as I do this podcast. FC Cincinnati has four wins in 2022. They have more wins than the Reds so far. The Bengals have four wins in 2022. But people say, well, Jesse, they, they, they won three games in the playoffs. But yeah, they played the Chiefs. Remember the second to last game of the season, the regular season at Paul Brown Stadium? The Bengals won that game, and that was in January. That was the first day of January. So that counts. The Bengals have four wins. They have more wins than the Reds. On the Reds, it, the Reds only have three wins. And it's May 5th. Will the Reds even hit 10 wins by the middle of June? The Reds went to Atlanta to begin the season and split against the World Series champions, the defending World Series champions 
Atlanta Braves. Since then, the Reds have only won one game. One! They're 1-18 in their last 19 games. Are you kidding me? That one win came against the Cardinals in the last game of the finale of that series. I'm the Cardinals. I'm like, shit, why did we lose that game? It's just, it's a disgrace right now. What have Nick Kroll, Bob Castellini, and Phil Castellini have done to this proud baseball franchise? And I know the Reds have upcoming good prospect players in the minor leagues. Yes. Will it fix the problems right now, currently, of this team? No. It won't. It won't, period. So, as much as I want to talk about the Cincinnati Reds in this podcast, it's like I don't want to because there's, there's what, what's there that good news? If the Reds go on a two-game winning streak, I'm just going to just just be like, whoa, I might get, get me a shot of Hennessy because it'll be a miracle. And I hate that. And I hate that. I hate this. I hate it for the players. I hate it for the fans. So, to Bob Castellini, to Phil Castellini, to Nick Crawl, here's a big middle finger, even though you guys can't see it. Two. Two. I'm sorry, Reds fans. We deserve better. We deserve better. All right, I'm switching topics because my heart rate's getting really up high right now as we speak. Switching topics, switching different sports. Cincinnati Bearcats men's basketball. West Miller's first year, 18 wins, won one game in a conference tournament. Bearcat fans, some Bearcat fans are pretty wild when it comes to their expectations of the team. They think that every year we should make the Final Four. I'm thinking to myself, you do realize in the last 22 years, the Bearcats have only made it past the second round of the NCAA tournament twice. 01. In 2012. So, to the Bearcat fans that always put expectations so high on this team, which is not deservingly so because we haven't done anything, shut the hell up. Okay? But Wes Miller has been doing this thing since the season's ended. Last Sunday, Wes Miller did some things. Great things. It was a great weekend when it comes to Cincinnati Bearcats football and NFL draft and then this. So, the Bearcats... Ohio's top basketball recruit from the class of 2023, Rayvon Griffith, out of Taft High School. He's a junior, 6'7", wingman. He chose UC, the hometown hero. He chose his home city. He chose UC over powerhouses Kansas, UCLA. I mean, can you say Ohio State's a powerhouse in basketball, but it's still Ohio State. In Ohio State. That's huge for Wes Miller. That is huge. You keep one of the best basketball recruits at a class of 2023. You 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 decided you you made you told him that you need to come home. That you need to stay home. And he chose Cincinnati over Kansas, the defending national champs, and UCLA with Mick Cronin. Wow. 
I see you, Wes Miller. Wes Miller's doing some things. And also, a couple of weeks ago, UC got Memphis transfer Landers Noelli. And he's a decent player who's going to have immediate impact on this team next year. So things are looking up for Cincinnati Bearcat basketball. And I, and I said during the podcast when, I, when, the, when the season was going on that Wes Miller will get things done here. He will. Year one, I expected it to be a transition year. It was going to be highs and lows. There was a lot of lows, but also highs. Wes Miller's first full, full, full offseason of recruiting and getting the players that he want to get, he landed the top basketball recruit from the, 23, to the 2023 class. So, UC basketball, men's basketball is in good hands. Okay? Wes Miller is the man. So I'm looking forward, very looking forward to basketball. See, I'm looking forward to Cincinnati Bearcats football, Cincinnati Bearcats basketball. FC Cincinnati is doing well. They're, they're, they're trending high. You got the Bengals coming off a Super Bowl run. I'm sorry, Reds. I'm sorry to the Reds players. Fuck the ownership. I'm sorry for the Reds players. So, yeah. Okay, before we go. NBA playoffs is happening right now. Right now, they're in the semifinal rounds. In the East, we got the Boston Celtics against the Milwaukee Bucks. Right now, that series is 1-1. And then we got the Miami Heat and the Philadelphia 76ers. Right now, the Heat lead that series 2-0. In the Western Conference, you got the Phoenix Suns defending Western Conference champs in the Dallas Mavericks. That series is 2-0 Suns. And then we got the Memphis Grizzlies. And the Golden State Warriors, and that series is one-one. The Bucks are the defending. Are the Bucks are the defending NBA champions as well. So, if I had to pick who's gonna win the title, man, I had the Celtics winning the NBA title, but man, Milwaukee is. Milwaukee can win that series. They can definitely win that series. You just don't know the health status of Marcus Smart for the Celtics, who, by the way, won Defensive Player of the Year. And then I think the Suns are on a mission, definitely on a mission, revenge tour. And then the Sixers are missing Embiid. That man cannot stay healthy to save his life. So I think the Heat are going to win that series. And then Memphis and Golden State. That's one hell of a series right now. And I believe that's going seven. It can go either way. John Morant's killing it. Steph Curry. Klay Thompson has been struggling. But that series, anybody can win. It's just, it's going to go seven games regardless. So, I'll stick with my finals champion prediction. But I can see Milwaukee repeating. I can see the Suns winning it as well. So, they made playoffs is starting to heat up. I keep telling people it's like NBA's boring, it's rigged, it's, they don't play no defense. Yeah, but when the playoffs come, it's 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 entertaining. It's entertaining. The players actually play defense. It's high intensity. So watch the NBA playoffs. Watch it. Watch it. All right, guys. I think that's pretty much covers it. It's great to be back. I miss you guys so much. And we're going to be consistent, okay? And next week's podcast, we're going to be 
reviewing the Bengals schedule because NFL schedule release is coming out next Thursday. I said that earlier in the podcast. So we'll talk about that. I guess we'll talk about more of the Reds and it's unfortunate that right now the Reds manager David Bell, he's probably going to get fired soon. He's just, he's he's scapegoating this. It's not his fault. I don't think he's the best manager, but it's not his fault. He's been dealt with the cards that he's been dealt with, okay? He's been handed this roster and what the hell what the hell he's supposed to do, okay? Can't do anything about it. So it's unfortunate, but yeah, we'll talk about the Reds next week. And then FCC is Cincinnati soccer team is like I said, it's trending it's trending up. They got four wins and we're only ten matches in. Last year, it took them, I believe, ooh, twenty more I think it was twenty twenty matches to get to four wins or whatever, but they're trending way higher than the Reds right now, so good for them. So we'll talk about them as well. NBA playoffs update as well, too. So, and also the Bengals as well. So it's good to be back. And like I said, I will be consistent, okay? I will be. So to all my loyal fans, to my loyal listeners, I love you guys. And to my new loyal fans and followers, Hopefully you guys be hopefully you guys will be loyal. If not, I hate you. I'm just joking. But thank you guys for supporting this podcast. And yeah, that's it. And we are out.